we're, we're in a series here uh, in February, this month of love, that we've been calling Heart Conditions. Of course, uh, the American Heart Association uses the month of February to put a focus on heart health. Our text, our focus text each week has been Proverbs 4.23, where the Bible says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs all the issues of life. It's very important, is what the writer there is saying in Proverbs. It says, Guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. So in our first week, we talked about uh, the heart condition, the hardened heart, and those things that when we allow it into our lives, they harden our hearts. Pharaoh, his heart was hardened when he refused to let go. When we hold on to things that we should let go of, it hardens our heart. When we ignore the Word of God and when we sin, all those things harden our hearts. So we need God to clean our hearts. And so then last week we talked about spiritual heart failure. The heart attackers that come against us and cause our hearts to fail. And how every time in the Bible that the Bible says someone's heart failed them, it was because of fear. And Fear and faith are both fueled by focus. How many know that is true? And so we strengthen our hearts by focusing on God and His Word. God wants us to have strong hearts. But... In the American Heart Association's promotions, as you find your way to Hosea chapter number 10, verse number 2, if you have your Bible. If not, it's there on the screen, there towards the end of the Old Testament. It's promotions, the American Heart Association's promotions about the need for heart health highlight one heart condition specifically. In fact, it's the number one killer of humanity. As they say, that this month is a time to pay special attention to understanding, preventing, and treating heart disease. And so, as I read that, my mind went to another condition of the heart that will be our focus today. Is I want to preach to you for a few minutes about half heart disease. In Hosea chapter number 10, beginning uh, just one verse of scripture, the first part of that verse... The prophet Hosea says this, their heart is divided. And so now they are held guilty. Preaching to you today about half heart disease. Before you're seated, would you just close your eyes with your presence? We love you, Lord. We're grateful for the opportunity and privilege that it is to be here again today, to feel your presence, your touch, your power, I pray that you would speak to us here before we leave today. Let your word not only change our mind, but let it change our heart. Stir us today, we pray. Let your word do what it intends to accomplish today. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Yesterday, uh, there was an article published about a pregnant mother in Corpus Christi, Texas, named Alexis. Now, there are two, two things there that nearly caused me to get tongue-tied. I want to call it Corpus Crispy, uh, and she's Texas from Alexa, or Alexis from Texas. But the article's title read, A Corpus Crispy, see, it got me. I knew it was going to. A Corpus Christy, mother, <laughs> ho 
hopes that a Houston hospital can help her unborn baby who has half a heart. It spotlights, the article does, you can find it, Google search, this family dealing with a very rare condition called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. The article said that each year in the U.S. approximately 1,000 babies will be born with what is effectively half of a heart. Last week I made a statement about how most of the heart conditions, both physical and natural and also spiritual that we have are the result of behavior and not genetics. Most of the heart conditions that we have physically, they are the result of what we have done, what we have eaten, how we've lived, and so on. Behavior trumps genetics. That's what the science teaches us about most heart conditions. However, uh, as it is so often the case, what is true in the natural has been mirrored and has a mirrored effect spiritually as some conditions are not the result of bad decisions or improper diet. No, no. Babies born with half-heart disease are just simply and tragically born with it. And so I must tell you that what is true naturally is mirrored spiritually today as I have to tell you and warn you that there are some conditions of the heart that we are born with spiritually. We are born, the Bible makes it clear, we are born with a spiritual heart that is desperately wicked. It is sick at birth. It is vital and it is necessary, yes, but it also works against us from the very beginning. Before we've even begun really living life, our heart is already working against us, trying to corrupt and to destroy the life that God wants for us. It's longing for things our heart is that corrupt us. It compels us in directions that would hurt us nearly every time in the Bible that someone was guided by their hearts, it was not a good thing. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 says, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Our heart is sick. Proverbs 6.14 would say it this way, Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He sows discord. Our hearts, they are corrupted. They are sick. We are born with a heart that is sick. And while that is true, the Bible also makes it clear that while, while that is happening in our hearts and our hearts are conspiring against us, that, that there is something else that is going on in our hearts at the same time, even at birth, even in the midst of all the perversity and the confusion and the desires of your heart that hurt and corrupt, there is something else happening in your heart. The Bible says it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, verse number 11. In the New King James it says, Also, He has put eternity in their hearts. Because while it is true that your heart is wicked at birth, while it is true that your heart is, is flawed at birth, it is also true that 
there is a part of your heart placed there by your Creator that is longing for something more than the than the desperate and the sick and, and, and the destruction. Oh, there's something in our hearts that longs for the eternal. There is a part of our heart that senses that there is something divine and supernatural and wants part of it. A part that is never satisfied with more money or more success or more accomplishment. A part of our heart that even when you don't want to believe in God, it compels you to wonder if he could be real. You could testify it yourself as you examine and you think about the journey of your life when you were not even fully aware of God, there was something inside of you that, that wanted him. Before you even knew the truth and the power of his word or of his love, there was something that compelled you to wonder and to believe we are born with a divided heart. We are born with a heart that is both longing for the supernatural and, and also trying to destroy us. It is pulled in two directions. It is lusting after what is wrong, and yet it is also compelled to pursue what is right. We are born with half-heart disease, with part of our heart underdeveloped, underutilized, but still there. You and I, we are born with a divided heart, suffering from half-heart disease. But while I must tell you that all of us are born with it, suffering from it, living with the effects of it, I must also tell you that you and I will never live the life of potential that God has for us by simply trying to manage the symptoms of half-heart disease. Hear me now. I, I, I want to help somebody today before we leave here and tell you that far too many people try to learn to live with spiritual half-hearted disease. The heart affects all other parts of the body. Often it is first affecting uh, the, uh, uh, the extremities uh, when our heart isn't working right. It affects the hands and the feet and the mind. When, when your heart isn't working right, you feel it in your extremities before you're ever diagnosed with it. It's something about the heart. And so what we have done in Christianity is we have focused on what you do and where you go. And we say things like you need to give God your hands and you need to give God your feet and He needs to change what you do and how you serve and all of those things but I've got to preach to you today and tell you that God wants more than your hands you can use them for his service and sure the Bible speaks positively about using your hands to serve and to love people and to do all of those things uh, and that is very true but God wants more than just your hands God wants more than your feet he wants to do more than change your direction and where you go and what you do hear me God wants more than your mind he wants to do more than change the way you think or to give you revelation I tell you God wants to change more than your schedule or your money or your behavior behaviors he wants your whole heart and half of it will never be enough 
Inside of us at birth, we are longing for what is bad, and yet there is an awakening that happens in our heart where God is trying to compel us to Him. And so it pushes us towards the thing of God, the things of God. But if we are not careful, we will be content serving God with half of our heart, letting Him change some of us, but not all of us. But the Word of God says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart here's a truth that we have got to understand there is less resistance to giving God a part of us than giving him what he really wants part of that is because Satan doesn't really care if you give God your hands he doesn't care if you serve people and you serve the church as long as you don't give God all your heart he doesn't care if you give God your feet doesn't care if you give God your Sunday as long as you don't give Him your heart. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying today. God wants our hands and He wants our feet and He wants our minds. He wants all of those things. But He knows that if He has your heart, then He'll have your hands and He'll have your feet and He'll have your mind. If He has your heart, He'll have your treasure, all of the things that you treasure. So I preach to you today and tell you that we need a radical culture countering dedication to God. One that changes our schedules, but not because we... We were convicted about our schedule, but because something changed our hearts and it changed what we do. One that changes what our hands are doing because God changed our heart. One that changes where we go and how we think and how we live and how we give because God has changed our whole hearts. God wants your heart. So I was reading that article about that tragic situation in Texas began to wonder what, what the symptoms were of half-heart disease. And so I searched and I discovered that some of the, the symptoms, the things that people often suffer with who are born with that terrible condition is first that they are easily tired. They're tired. Because they only have half a heart. i got to preach to you today and tell you that when your service to God and your commitment to God and your dedications to God is fueled by moments of inspiration instead of radical heart transformation, you will easily burn out and struggle to maintain those commitments to God. We've all been there. We've had those moments where our heart, it longs for it. We sense it. Perhaps there's preaching that happens or perhaps there's, there's just, just an unsettled emotion and feeling in our, in our lives where, where there's a part of our heart that begins to long for something else. And in a moment of inspiration, we say, I'm going I'm to start going to church on Sundays or I'm going to start reading my Bible. I, I'm going I'm to start serving the local church, whatever it is. We, we make that commitment and it's a good thing. Again, I tell you, God does want your hands and your feet and your mind. He wants all of those things. But, but when we just serve and when we make those commitments out of moments of inspiration, instead of experiencing heart transformation, we'll quickly burn out. Because that part of our heart is still underdeveloped. 
we are easily tired. The Bible speaks of Satan wanting to wear out the saints of God. And I tell you, there is no saint of God that's more easily worn out and burn out and, 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 and just run out than somebody whose heart has not been radically transformed by the power and by the love of God. Hear me. When you are serving God in your flesh, you will fall short. So we need God to touch our hearts. The second symptom that we learn about half-heart disease is that someone that suffers from it will not grow well. They don't grow like they're supposed to grow. i got to tell you that when you aren't seeing progress in your walk with God, when you look back where you were in your relationship with God a year ago, let's say, And where you are today, if you are not seeing growth, when your appetite for the things of God aren't growing every day, then you've got to not just try to treat the symptoms, not just trying to manage the symptoms. Oh, 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 I've got to... I've got to pray more, I've got to this more, I've got to do this more because I'm not growing the way that I'm supposed to grow. And we'll start looking for things to supplement our growth and try to make us better. Oh, but we're trying to do something that we cannot do in ourselves because our heart is not what it is supposed to be. When you are not growing well, it is a sign that you are suffering from half heart disease. But the last one isn't isn't a symptom that you'll find in the medical books, no. You'd have to go to the Word of God for this one. That text that I read from Hosea chapter 10, it says their heart is divided. And as you look at that that Hebrew word for divided, that root word, it also means flattering. What is a symptom of half-heart disease? It is when you measure your walk with God, your commitment level, your spiritual desire, next to someone that you believe is worse off than you. And you say, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. Or at least things are not going as poorly as this person. Or when your heart would begin to try to encourage you and flatter you and say, oh, you're doing good enough. The, the church shouldn't expect that much of you. Oh, oh uh, you, it's really not reasonable to live like that or to do that. And your heart begins to try to flatter you and make you feel as though that, that you are better than you are. That is a symptom of half-heart Disease, But I got to tell you that God only has one unit of measure and it is uniquely formed to fit your heart. And it is either measures all of your heart that is in it or it's not enough in it. It doesn't fit your mind. God's measure does. You may know a lot about God and still come up short. In fact, the Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. God gave him a supernatural portion of wisdom. But when you follow his life, you see this disease demonstrated in his life when it says in 1 Kings chapter number 11 verse 4 when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to follow other gods. He was not whole 
wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God. God wants more than to touch your mind. God wants your heart. And you may know how to quote the word of God. And you may know how to speak of the things of God. But if God does not have your whole heart, then it will never be enough. God has got to have your heart. In that final day of judgment, God will pull out that measure. And many people will say, Lord, we did a lot of great things in your name. They'll say, why don't you measure my hands? Why don't you measure my feet? You'll see all the places we went for you. You'll see all the ways that we served for you. And God is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you because God is not trying to measure our hands or our feet. He is trying to measure our heart. Is it all or none at all? Hear me now. I want to preach to you today and try to stir your heart for just a moment and tell you that God, He wants all of your heart. And if you will give Him your heart, it will change change your hands. If you will give him your heart, it will change your feet. If you give him your heart, it will change your mind. It will change your behaviors. You see, if all that God does is change your mind, it will never be enough. If all God does is change your behaviors, it will never be enough. If God wanted people that could just live up to the standard of the Word of God and just just do everything right, then it would have been the Sadducees and the Pharisees that He would have lifted up and He would have exalted and said, that's what you need to be like. No, 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 no. God isn't just trying to change our behaviors. He's trying to change our hearts. In fact... There is only one natural, or in the natural, there is only one solution for those born with half-heart disease. And that solution is heart surgery. As Mike comes to the music, I want to challenge you today and tell you that we've got to stop trying to fix the symptoms of our half-heart disease. We've got to stop trying to fix ourselves with our own effort, with our own power. We've got to stop just trying to do good. And we've got to start turning to God and saying, Lord, I want you to get to the root of this disease. Touch my heart. I need God to do heart surgery. He would say, Jesus, as he's ministering on earth, would say, clean the outside of the cup, or the inside of the cup, rather, and the outside will be clean also. It's a whole lot easier to clean the outside, to dress up the outside, to pretend on the outside, to put on a smile on the outside, to serve on the outside, and while everyone else may not know or see or sense what's happening inside, God says, I don't look at the outside. I look at the heart. Every one of us, from the youngest and oldest, regardless of what our story is, we were all born with half-heart disease, with a heart that is divided. Part compelled to do what is wrong. Part striving for, yearning for what is right. How do we How do we fix our heart? 
Ezekiel the prophet would say in, say it this way in Ezekiel chapter number 11 verse 19 the Lord would speak through the prophet and say I will give them an undivided heart he said it's going to be a gift it's not something that you can get from effort or from striving for it no it's going to take God giving it an undivided heart how and I will put a new spirit in them and I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh as you stand to your feet I feel the presence of the Lord here right now I tell you that the only way that we can do more than change our behavior is if God changes our heart while I can sit down and I can change your mind, I cannot change your heart. While I can convince you to change your hands and to begin to put your hands to the plow and serve the kingdom of God, I'll tell you that if all you do is change your hands, it'll never be enough. If all you do is, is allow the church to change your behaviors, it'll never be enough. Oh, we need God's Spirit to come and do heart surgery on us and give us a heart that is not divided, to give us a heart that is healthy and is strong. Oh, we need Him to pour out His Spirit on us and through His Spirit to give us supernatural strength. We need His Spirit. That's the key. That's what I preach to you today. I tell you the only way that you can be what God wants you to be, the only way that you can do what God has called you to only to do, the only way that you can you can live up to the potential that God has for you is if you let him do heart surgery on you and give you a heart that is no longer divided, a heart that is pure. The Bible says the pure in heart, they will see God. There's something about that purity, that word that he's speaking of. It's a heart that's had the impurities burn out of it, the things that 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 corrupted it have been burnt out of it. And I tell you that it is a process that God will have you on from the day you decide for Him to move for you until the day you draw your last breath. But when you make up in your mind that you want a heart that is pure and is whole and is true and is undivided and is holy God's, then you'll see Him work and move in your life. His Spirit will help you. You say, I, I don't know how I'm making it. I don't know how I'm doing it. It'll be the Holy Ghost working in you. Because without Him, you can do nothing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm preaching to you today about half heart disease. Search your heart today. How, how's your heart? I believe that that undivided heart is evidence. The symptoms of an undivided heart is really evidenced by hunger. What are you hungry for? And when you're hungry for more of God's spirit, for more of his power, for more uh, for, for, for to experience and to do and see greater things, when, when you're focused on more life transformation than you are behavior modifications when when you're saying Lord I want to be more like you not I'm just trying to do better things oh that's the sign that your heart is is undivided and that your heart is focused on him that you want to see God God touch our hearts today
Would you join me in praying, even right there where you're standing for a moment? Jesus, I thank you for your presence that we feel here in this place right now. I pray that there would be be just a faith that would begin to rise up in this house, that people would begin to believe that, that you have more for them than behavior modifications, that you have more for us than trying to make it on our own, by our own power, by our own strength, by our own ability. God, we rebuke the spirit of, uh, of condemnation in this place today that would try to say that we can never measure up. We can never do what you've called us to do. Lord, we know that where your spirit is, that you can do anything. And that I pray that your word would begin to do surgery as it were today. And you would touch our hearts as we give them to you. That you would give us a heart that is undivided. A heart that is consumed with your word and your power and your presence. Lord, help us to serve you with our whole hearts. To give you our whole hearts. To, to live for you with everything. Not distracted by this world not consumed by the things of it, but instead wholly focused on and dedicated to you. Touch our hearts, God. Come on, I believe the power of the Word of God is connected to our ability and our willingness to respond to it. And if you would just respond today just by stepping out of where you are, if you're comfortable with it, and maybe just stepping around the front for a few moments and saying, God, do heart surgery on me. Help me, God. God, forgive me for every time I've tried to serve you just with my hands or just with my feet or just with my mouth or even with my mind. Lord, help me to serve you with my whole heart. Touch our hearts. Let your spirit touch and change and stir me. God, I need you. Come on, if you've never been filled with the spirit of God, if you've never been filled with His Spirit, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, God wants to fill you with His Spirit. You need His Spirit. It's the only way that you can have that heart surgery completely where you begin to allow His Spirit to change and touch and stir you. God, touch us today. But I want to serve you with an undivided heart. Come on, it is the greatest commandment. It is the most important thing we could do is that we would love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. I give you my whole heart today, God. God, burn out every impurity, everything that tries to divide it, everything that tries to corrupt it. Help me today, I pray. Come on, reach up to him for a few moments. It's early. Every one of us. We